Good stuff. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to continue in our year-long series on the best of Psalms, strength for everyday living. And we're going to go to Psalm 1 today. And uh, let me remind you that um, we have books available, uh, the book of Psalms that you can follow along with us. I'm using this. All the staff has got it. It's a great uh, it's the book of Psalms, and on every page, you got a blank page. You can write your notes, you can write your devotional, you can write your thoughts down. So uh, these are available in the back, and I encourage you to get one so you can follow along with us. And we're going to go to Psalms, Psalms chapter 1. If you're with me this morning, let me hear a big amen. amen. So last week, we, we looked at Psalm 1, and I'm going to read that in just a moment. And um, what a great great psalm to kind of kick off this series. Now, as you know, we're going to go through the book of Psalms, and I don't know if we're going to go uh, in order or by number. I don't know what we're going to do, but just stay with me, and we'll see what God does. But we're going to kick off at, at, at uh, Psalms chapter 1, and what a great, great psalm to kick off. There's so much, uh, so much great truth in here. Let's read this together. Psalm ch chapter 1. Blessed. Everyone say blessed. blessed. Say that one more time. Blessed. blessed. It's the first word that God spoke to Adam and Eve. It's the first word out of Jesus' mouth in his first sermon ever. It's the first word in Psalm chapter 1. God wants you to embrace the blessed life. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe that it's in God's DNA that he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. Blessed living is not about the size of your bank account. It's about the condition of your heart. Blessed living is not based on external circumstances. It's based on your inner character that believes that God has a plan for your life and he wants to use you to make an impact in the world and to make the world better. So blessed, I believe in it, it's biblical, it's godly, and even God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to say this to my people. They need to hear it. They need you to, to pray this over them. And so when God was speaking to Moses and Aaron, he said, I want you to say this to them. May the Lord bless you. And keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Why did God want Moses and Aaron to speak it? Because we need to hear it on a regular basis. God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. Can I get an amen? So it's, it's ironic that, 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 that uh, Psalms kicks off with the first word blessed. I see uh, Kelly and Connie McClendon in the back there, the back row. You go up and say, Kelly, Connie, how you doing? I guarantee you their response. And I love it. And some of you are giggling and laughing right now because when you say, Kelly, Connie, how you doing? Their response is, I'm blessed and highly favored. I like that. Think about it. If they've said that a million times, it's in their DNA. It's in them. 
They don't question, does God love me? They don't question, is God behind me? They don't question, is God supporting me? They don't question, is God's favor on their lives? They've said that a million times. How you doing, Scott? I'm blessed and highly favored. That gets into your spirit, and when it gets into your spirit, it gets into your feet, and it gets into your heart. And it gets in your head, and you begin to live a blessed life. Now, remember last week, we had a great, great time. In fact, somebody came up to me, and I wasn't feeling good last Sunday. I, I got to admit, our whole family's been sick for, for about a week and a half. I wasn't feeling good, but I gave it my best. A guy came up to me, 88 years old, said that was the best sermon he'd ever heard. <laughs> He's a wise man. <laughs> but we talked about last week. In Psalms 1, that it says that when you live a blessed life, that you will prosper. What a great word. And you're probably thinking, prosper. Oh, Pastor Scott, you're talking about, a, you know, getting a, getting a private jet and having a fancy car. And do you know that the word prosper means that God, that word there to prosper means that God actually pushes you. He's behind you. He's blowing wind into your sail, causing you to, as you walk, you have the power of God behind you, pushing you, not in a bad sense, but in a way of saying to you, I love you, I support you, I believe in you, I approve you, you are blessed. That is prosperity. And I don't know about you, but I want that. I want to know that God is behind me. And he is motivating me and forcing me to live a life of prosperity, living the blessed life. But blessed is the man, blessed is the woman. And Psalm 1 says, Who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. Now, let's stop just there for a moment. I'm going to ask you a question. Who do you walk with? Who do you stand with? And who do you sit with? Because the Bible says that you are going to be blessed and you're going to be prosper, but you've got to make sure that you are walking, standing, and sitting with the right kind of people. And as we start 2022... We all need to be reminded and we need to take an inventory of the people that we walk with, the people that we stand with, and the people that we sit with. You show me who you surround yourself with, and I'll show you the person you will become. Show me your friends. And by the way, some of you are really popular on Facebook. You've got thousands of friends. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. Show me who you go to Starbucks with. Show me who you talk to. Show me who you sit with and stand with and walk with, and I'll show you the person you'll become. You are a reflection of the people that you hang with. And this may be a good time in January to take a, an inventory of saying, God, Help me to be like this man. Help me to be like this woman. Help me to live the blessed life that I am watching very carefully who I listen to. Watching very carefully who I sit with. Watch very carefully who I stand with. Watch very carefully who I uh, walk with. 
because you are a reflection of the people that you hang around. Are you all still with me this morning? If you want to be better, you've got to surround yourself with better people. If you want to be godly, you've got to surround yourself with godly people. If you want to be successful, you've got to surround yourself with successful people. And God says in Psalm 1, watch who you sit with. Watch who you walk with. Watch who you stand with. Because those people are a reflection of you. And if you're not careful, you will get distracted. Everyone say that word distracted. You will get distracted hanging around the wrong people and you will get off course if you're not careful. You will, people and influences will cause you to get sidetracked. That's why the writer here in Psalms 1 starts out and says, if you want to live a blessed life and you want to prosper, who are you walking with? Who are you standing with? Who are you sitting with? And many times we get distracted by the wrong people. And they will distract you enough to get you off course. You ever heard this scripture? I'm sure you have. John 10.10. 10. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and what? Destroy. Now watch this. This is really interesting. That word destroy. That word there actually means to distract. Now, the enemy does kill. The enemy does steal. And the enemy does destroy. But he doesn't have to kill you if he can distract you. Are y'all with me? See, the ultimate goal is for him to kill you. The next best thing is for him to steal from you. Watch this. His first tactic is to destroy you or distract you. If he can distract you and bring the wrong people into your life, he's got you. He doesn't need to steal from you, and he doesn't need to kill you. Don't be alarmed that he's trying to kill you. You should be alarmed that he's trying to distract you. And he distracts you by bringing in the wrong people that you walk with, that you stand with, and that you sit with. I hope you got that. Don't be in fear of him killing you because he can distract you and he can still come up with the same result. You're off track. You're not living the blessed life. You're hanging around the wrong people. You ever heard this scripture? Bad company corrupts what? Good morals? That word there, corrupt, is the same word destroy or distract. Bad company distracts good people. And if you want to live the blessed life in 2022, if I were you, I would take a really good inventory of the people that you are walking with, standing with, and sitting with, 
and make sure that you are not going to go through this entire year distracted, off course, and off focus. Are you all with me? Let me give you a couple of, uh, uh, couple of what I say, how to recognize toxic relationships. How to recognize people that will distract you. How to recognize people that will destroy you. Here's, here's one uh, uh, illustration of how to recognize a toxic, toxic relationship. Number one, these people are always causing drama and tension. You ever had a friend like that? That every time you get with them, it's nothing but drama and tension and controversy. They don't know it, and you don't know it, but they've got a big sign on their forehead. Distraction. They should have a red light that beeps. Warning, warning, warning. Be careful. Because people that continually have toxic uh, drama and tension, they could be a real distraction in your life. Don't walk with them. Don't sit with them. Don't stand with them. You can pray for them, but don't walk with them, stand with them, and sit with them. Number two, are you all still with me? They have a continuous pattern of disrespect. Number three, they violate boundaries. You ever met anyone like that? that just, they just don't, 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 don't know boundaries. They don't know, and they violate your time. They violate your money. They violate your resources. They violate boundaries. Number four. They help you to compromise on your convictions. Number five, they bring out the worst in you. And number six, they lack a healthy give and take. How many know in a relationship, a healthy relationship is give and take? Toxic relationships are all take and no give. And if you're not careful, they will distract you. Watch who you walk with. Watch who you stand with. Watch who you sit with. That is the blessed man recognizes the right people to surround himself with. How distractions impact us. I saw this a couple of months ago, distractions. I was driving down I-95, and I was going about five uh, miles a little too fast. Just pray for me. I was going 70. And I looked over to my right, and there was this woman who was going 75. And not only was she speeding, but she had a mobile phone in one ear, her laptop overtopped the steering wheel, and she was talking and typing and driving 75 miles an hour on I-95. Crazy. You know what she was? distracted. And I don't know what happened to her, but it's usually not a good thing. When you are that busy, that much going on, it's distracted and it can cause dramatic results. Here's a couple things that, that can happen when you get distracted. Number one, it will steer you off course. Number two, it will cause you to miss the mark. Number three, you will lose your priorities. Number four, it will force you to be sidetracked and unproductive, and then number five, it will cause you to be vulnerable. When you are distracted, it will impact you, and it's usually the ones who you are walking with, standing with, and sitting with. Be careful 
and not get distracted. Let's go to Acts chapter 6. If you're still with me, let me hear a big amen. Let's go to the early church just for a moment and let's see how the early church was able to deal with distractions. Now watch this church, watch this. In the book of Acts, it's the first church and they really did it right. You are a part of a church because of what the early church did. And they made some really good decisions. And very early, when the, when the early church was just starting in Acts chapter 6, they made a choice. They made a decision not to get distracted, and you've got to make that same decision. It's in Acts chapter 6. Let's go at verse, uh, verse 1 just for a moment. Acts chapter 6. And go to verse 1. And let's see what the early church did to cause them not to be distracted and get off track. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Jews because the widows were being overlooked. The daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Therefore, brothers, choose from you seven men full of the Spirit and full of wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And this proposal pleased the entire multitude. Now, let me have your eyes and ears just for a moment. What, what does this have to do with me? Watch this. The early church was growing and there was a lot going on, and there was ministry and activities, and the, the, the elders, the apostles, they started, watch this, to get distracted. They started to get pulled away into doing all these good things, and, and it says there in Acts chapter 6 that people started getting upset. Hey, you're not feeding us. Hey, you're not helping us. Hey, you're not doing what you need to be doing. And so the apostles said, look, guys, this is not good for us. Watch this. To be distracted. We've got to stay focused on what we are called to do. We need to pray. We need to spend time in God's word. Let's raise up some deacons. Let's raise up some people that can, that can step up and they can volunteer and they can begin to do this so that they will feed the people who are hungry and we will dedicate ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. What do I like about this? I like this, that they were smart enough not to get distracted. But they said, I want to focus on the Word of God and the ministry, and let's pray that God will raise up other people who will step up and do the work of the ministry. And because they weren't distracted, we are part of a great church now that makes sure that our priorities are in place. Don't get distracted. And what I like about this story at the very end, it says this, and the whole multitude agreed. Think about it. 5,000 people, 10,000 people, 20,000 people. To get all of them to agree is a miracle. I mean, think about it. I can't get my family to agree on where we want to go to eat on Friday night. But yet, thousands of people all came to the right conclusion, yes, this is the right thing to do. We want to make sure that our leaders 
are not distracted, and they are ministering to the Word of God and to prayer. And because they weren't distracted, they were successful. Make sure this year that you're hanging with the right people. Make sure that you're sitting and standing and walking with the right people so you don't get distracted. Can I tell you something? This church allows me to stay focused, and I appreciate that. You allow me, and we have the systems in place and the leadership in place and the staff in place that allows me to stay focused and not distracted. And guess what? When I'm not distracted, you're happy, and we all are getting along. My priority as your leader is to pray and to get into God's Word. And if you allow me to do that, you'll be happy. But if I get caught in this trap that happens so many times where the leader is doing everything, guess what? There will come a time where you won't be happy. Why? Because I'm distracted. And I, want to be, I don't want to be distracted. I want to be focused. I want to be, we, we care a lot about what we do here at this church. And I want to maintain that, that, that level where I can stay focused on the gifting and the talents that God's given me, raise up people to do the work of ministry, and we'll all be happy. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Make sure you don't get distracted. Thank you. All right. One other thought here, just for a few moments. Let me give you some advice on surrounding yourself with the right people. Now, this is not in the notes, and so the guys up in the, in the back are probably wondering where in the world there's a slide. For, there's no slide for this. I'm going to give you, real quickly, the ten types of people you need to surround yourself with. Okay? Now, all of these are based on Scripture, but a lot of this is based on my personal experience and my personal wisdom over the years. I'm going to give you ten kind of people to hang around. How many of you would like to hear at least one or two of those? I'm going to give you 10 kinds of people that you need to surround yourself in 2022. Number one, are you with them? Let me hear an amen. If you're going to be blessed, if you're going to prosper, if you're going to live a life that's not distracted, the first person you need to surround yourself with is what I say, the person who loves God more than you. Think about a person in your sphere of influence that loves God more than you do, and you hang with them. You spend time with them. You initiate, and you call them, and you meet with them. Spend time with people who love God more than you do. See, there's some, some of you right now, you're struggling in your faith. And the reason you're struggling with your faith is you're hanging around with a bunch of losers. Are y'all with me? You're spending way too much time with the wrong people. And you're frustrated, and you're upset, and you're not achieving your goals, and you're not becoming the person that God wants you to be because you're walking, and you're standing, and you're sitting with the wrong people. The first person I look for when I want to hang with them is, do they love God more than I do? And if they do, then I'm going to hang with them. If they don't, I may not have time for them. Why? 
because I don't want to live distracted. I don't want to be destroyed by the work of the enemy. I want to be focused, and I want to hang around with people who love God more than I do. Number two, hang around people who are really good at what they do. Hang around with people who are good at what they do. Their success, their blessing, their prosperity will rub off on you. And usually if they're good at one thing, they're usually good at a few other things. And if I were you, I would hang with people who are good at what they do. Are y'all with me this morning? I know it's rainy out, but you can give me an amen here every once in a while. I mean, just come on. Hang with people who are good at what they do. If they're good in finances, they're probably going to be good in raising kids. They're probably going to be good at management. Hang with people who are good at what they do, and you'll end up being like them. Number three, hang with people who challenge and inspire you. See, it's one thing just to challenge. It's another thing to inspire. See, I don't want people just to challenge me. And by the way, we've got people here that their calling is to challenge the pastor, and and that's okay. That comes with the territory. But watch this. I, I, I don't want people that just challenge. I want people that challenge and inspire. It's a one-two punch. They challenge you because they want to inspire you and motivate you. Hang with those people. Walk with those people. Stand with those people. Sit with those people. Hang with people who challenge and inspire you. Number four, I would surround myself with people who listen more than talk. Some of you are giggling. You ever have that friend that just you say hello, and then it's over. Like, like you're trapped. I call them the Venus flytraps. Hey, how you doing? They don't respond like Kelly and Connie. They say, blessed. They just start talking. And they're like the ever-ready bunny. They just go, and they go, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk. Okay, church, listen. After an hour, just look at your watch and say, I've got to go. You're distracting me. Hang with somebody who listens more than they talk. It will be a great benefit to you. Number five, I would surround myself with people you can trust. People you can trust. Can't trust everybody. Be very careful who you trust. You're not going to have a dozen of them. You're going to have just a few that you can trust. And test them. Tell them something, see if they keep it. Test them to make sure, and then over time, you will trust them more. You're not going to have many, but you've got to have people that you can trust. Number six, I love this one. Hang around with people who can solve problems with wisdom. Hang around with people who can solve problems. How many know it's easy to spot that there's a problem? Anybody can do that. I don't want to hang with people that just seize problems. I want to hang around people who seize problems and knows how to fix them with wisdom. And you show me somebody like that, and I'm going to hang with them. Why? Because i got a lot of problems that need a lot of fixing, and they've got a lot of wisdom, and I want to glean from them all that I can. Hang with people who can solve problems with godly wisdom. 
Number seven, hang with people who are positive and optimistic. Debbie Downers are not for me. Why? Because I want people who are positive and they're optimistic. Because that's going to rub off on me. Number eight, hang out with people who pull out the best in you. When you leave a conversation with somebody, you should feel uplifted and you should feel motivated and you shouldn't feel like, oh, crud, why did I just do that? Why did I just give them an hour of my life? I'm more depressed than when I came into this conversation. No, you want to hang with people who pull out the best in you and make you better. Number nine, hang with people who have a different perspective than you do. Now, I don't mean violate your conscience. I don't mean violate scripture. But there are some people who are really good for you, and they're good for you because they don't see the world like you do. Can, can I wake you up here just this morning? The world doesn't center around you. And you don't know it all. And your worldview is limited. Don't be afraid or intimidated to hang around people that see things just a little bit differently than you do. It will do you a benefit to hang with people who has a different worldview. They still got to love God. They still got to love God's word. They still got to love Jesus. But sometimes there are people that I go to and I gravitate because they see things just a little bit different, and that's healthy. Hang with people that have a different worldview than you and a different perspective. It will cause you to be better because of that. And I love this one. Num number 10, hang around with people who have traveled successfully the road that you're on. Hmm. I want to get with people that have been 50, 60 years in ministry. I want to get with people that are 50, 60 years in business. I want to get with people who are 50, 60 years in raising grandkids and great-grandkids. Why? Because there's some wisdom that they can share with you. And they've been on the road and they've been successful. Surround yourself with somebody who is successfully traveling the road that you are on. And when you do that, it will cause you to be blessed. It will cause you not to be distracted. It will cause you to sit and walk and stand with the right people as you move through 2022. Are y'all with me? Ashlyn, come up to the keyboard just for a moment. Let me go to one scripture and we're going to close. Can you handle one more scripture? It's only quarter to 12. The only thing you're doing today is taking a nap. <laughs> you can't play golf, Trail. It's raining out. You can't go fishing. It's too wet. The only thing we're going to do today is go have lunch and we're going to take a nap. So I'm going to give you five more minutes. Are you ready? Go to Acts chapter 4. One of my favorite verses of Scripture. And this is talking about hanging out with the right people. It's talking about you being a reflection of who you hang with, people who you surround yourself with, people who you walk, sit, and stand with. Acts chapter 4. This is talking about the disciples. And this is talking about the men 
who surrounded themselves with Jesus, and they spent time with Jesus. And Jesus was in his latter years, and they would spend time with him. They would see the miracles that he did. They would walk with him. They spent time with Jesus. And now this is a reflection now of what people saw about them. It says this, verse 13. And when they saw the courage, everyone say courage. I want you to notice that people saw the courage. They looked at them and they saw it. They noticed that Peter and John had courage. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that. Watch this. They took note. They were, the Bible says they were shocked. They saw the courage. They were astonished. And the Bible says they took out a pen and paper and they took note. And they said of Peter and John, those guys are just ordinary. They're just normal. But those guys had been with Jesus. See, Jesus poured his DNA in them. They, they, they captured the DNA of Christ and they lived it and people saw it. People noticed it. They took note of it that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Let me ask you a question. When I look at you today, who have you been with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you walking? Who are you standing? Who are you sitting with? It's noticeable. People see it. If I were you, I'd make the decision today as we begin 2022. God, help me to live the blessed life. Help me to be careful about the people I surround myself with. God, help me to pick wisely the friends that I hang with because I want to be blessed and I want to prosper. Help me to be wise and who I allow into my life and who I look to for wisdom, insight, and advice. It will change your life. I hope you do it. Would you stand across the auditorium together? It may be time for a breakup. Breaking up is never easy to do, is it? It's hard. I, I, I think about the first time my girlfriend broke up with me. Can, can you believe it? She broke up with me? Breaking up is hard to do. Watch this. This may be the year where you've got to break up with some friends, associates. Maybe you're walking, you're standing, you're sitting with the wrong kind of people. Take an inventory. And if they are not causing you to be better, don't walk with them, don't sit with them, don't stand with them. You got to love them, you got to pray for them, but you don't have to hang with them. Be careful who you surround yourself with. You'll be blessed in 2022 if you watch carefully who you are surrounded by. I want to pray for you today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the blessed life that we can have because of Christ, because of the wisdom that you give us. Lord, I pray that as we walk through 2022, that we will be like that man, that woman who is blessed 
will be like that tree planted by streams of living water. God, that we will surround ourselves with the right influences so that we can be more like you. I pray for your people today. I pray you'll give them the wisdom that they need to pick the right friends. As we move forward, we trust that you'll guide and you'll lead us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God give you the wisdom and the ability to pick friends that will make you better and make you more like Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Love you.